This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So yesterday, the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity released a report saying in it that within the next two years, it is almost certain that cyber criminals will be targeting what they call high-value organizations in critical infrastructure sectors in Canada and around the world. It's not what you want to hear, but I don't think this is totally surprising. We've heard other warnings like this before. So what's different? What more do we know? And uh, what's being done about it? We're going to speak with David Shipley now, who is the CEO of Boceron Security. David, uh, thanks for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Glad to be here. Now, this, like I say, this isn't completely unheard of, right? You and I have talked about similar things before. Yeah, and basically, this is uh, like getting a, a forecast in winter saying there's going to be snow. Um, this is, it, it, with absolute certainty, it's going to be a rough two years. The the financial motivation behind Russian-based cyber criminals who get the tacit support of intelligence services, which we've now seen, um, you know, the leak from that uh, young U.S. Uh, soldier in the States that showed that a Canadian pipeline had not only been compromised by, let's call this the Russian D-team, um, but could have caused a physical incident and was communicating back to a, to a Russian FSB handler is pretty much a smoking gun mm-hmm. that the RCMP are attempting to allude to here. The attacks against Sobeys, Suncor, uh, Chapters, these are all examples of, of major hits that have caused significant pain. In the case of Sobeys, for those who are, are sort of lost in the, all of these breaches, you know, their disruption has cost them north of $50 million. Um, and, and that cost, in terms of the Canadian economy, isn't absorbed by the Sobe shareholder. That is you and I paying more yeah. at the grocery store because of cybercrime, as well as all these other inflationary forces. And and you're right. It's all about money. Um, that's what it comes down to. And But they talk about um, the different sectors in, in this report that they talk about. Um, it, it runs the gamut, right? It, it, it goes from retail to manufacturing, healthcare to communications. Like, literally, everybody is at risk here, it seems. Absolutely. And, you know, part of this, too, is is the settling back from the quote-unquote old normal, new normal of the pandemic back into whatever normal we're in now. I've kind of lost track. Um, but companies are under significant strain um, as a result of the pandemic financially, and they're spending as much as they can on security. We've actually seen private sector spending on security surge to almost $10 billion a year, and it's still not putting a dent in cybercrime. Cybercrime from StatsCan's last available report in 2021, covering 2021, showed that losses surged almost $200 million, from $400 million to $600 million Jeez. in a hit. So if the RCMP are saying this is going to be a bad year, probably because three of the attacks I mentioned, Chapter, Suncor, and uh, and Sobeys, probably account for at least $150 million worth of damage. Unbelievable. Now, they talk about ransomware. That's still the biggest threat. That's what happened when you're talking about all this money that it's costing. Um, that's what it is, right, David? It's ransomware attacks. 
It, it is. And, and it, it's irrespective of whether companies pay or not. We, we don't know if Sobeys paid the ransom, um, but we know that their insurance coverage and their uh, what they've had to pay after their insurance capped out was fifty million. Um, so, so that's just all the disruption. And, and what folks need to know is that cybercrime is to business what um, having a burglar smash your car window in to steal the change in your uh, in your cup holder. Um, they make you know whatever little bits of money they're going to make, but they cost you hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars in damage uh, on their way in and on their way out. That's that's the world we're living in. Now, there's a lot of talk about national security, public information. Uh, it's not just the economic impact here. I think when you start talking about things like national security and critical infrastructure, cyber sec- uh, security, they're 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 talking about uh, you know extorting them for money. But what's the risk in terms of national security and and critical infrastructure? Well, I mean, imagine uh, Edmonton has a major utilities outage in the coldest day of the winter. Um, imagine the life safety and human safety impacts of that from a national security perspective. Um, imagine the Port of Vancouver crippled for months as a result of a, a major ransomware attack on a global supply chain provider and the economic damage that that costs. It's not uh, a body count necessarily in that second case, but it is a massive economic ripple through that results in people losing jobs, people maybe becoming more homeless. That that creates economic uh, security issues and national security issues. But but let's be honest for a second. We're a country that does not take national security seriously. And I, and I think if any listeners have any um, any doubt about that, the fact that our critical infrastructure security law for cybersecurity yeah. has languished in Parliament uh, and maybe gets another look at uh, this fall, maybe if we can get around the controversy of the week on Parliament Hill, and then maybe in two to three years that law actually comes into force. That's how seriously this country is taking the threat that the RCMP is shining a giant bat signal on. Okay, I wanted to ask you, because you're talking about legislation the Fed started talking about uh, over a year ago now, dealing with this. If you're involved in critical infrastructure, or they you know, call it essential services, whatever, they've designated certain different you know sectors that need to have cybersecurity. That never got anywhere. We're still sort of waiting to see where that's going to become. It is stuck in second reading on Parliament Hill. So uh, now it's off to committees. Um, you know, I, I've been part of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce's efforts to get this passed. Industry is largely supportive of this. There are some tweaks to be made, particularly around some of the Telecommunications Act changes around secret orders and such. But for the most part, most of us say this is desperately needed. We want to support it. It needs to be fair and it needs to be implemented in a sane and rational way. But we by no means can be uh, living in the past under the threat we're in. We keep poking Putin in the eye on a, what, a weekly basis uh, with our posturing relative to Ukraine, and, and Ukraine deserves support, but we aren't ready to take the punch that they can throw us in the cyberspace uh, to our jaw. And it'll be the average Canadian that suffers because we're sticking our jaw out there and we're not prepared to take a punch. Now, they say in this warning uh, that the warning should be taken seriously and everyone should do what they can to protect themselves, aside from waiting for the federal government to get their ducks in a row. What do we do? I mean, what do companies, big and small, need to be doing to protect themselves? Because it's, it's, the, the good news, they say in this report, is a lot of this stuff is easily preventable. It is. Um, and Ukraine does show that a, a concerted government and private sector combined effort can thwart Russia. That's that. So there, there is value to playing defense. Uh, the basics are, are for organizations. 
teaching your people about security and the role that they play in it. This is the work we do for 700 organizations across Canada and the United States and around the world. And we can dramatically lower their susceptibility to things like phishing emails. Phishing emails are still the number one day way to hack an organization. Um, number two, good hygiene like multi-factor authentication. So people log in, they've got to have a, a code that only they know. That can dramatically reduce your risk by as much as 99.9% from brute force hacking, like the kind of hack that took down Canada Revenue Agency a couple of years ago and affected 600,000 Canadians. So those are two easy things that can be done right now that have a massive risk reduction. Yeah, and I think most of the people, like I know our company, David, I mean, the cybersecurity has just been ramped up year after year after year. I think most big companies are aware of it at this point, right? They got to be. Big companies are, are spending big dollars. Yeah. But remember, the Canadian economy is mostly small and mid-sized businesses. True. And as of the most recent data I have, 50% of small businesses in Canada spend nothing on cybersecurity. Wow. Wow. That's scary stuff. Unreal. Uh, and it's all Russia, and there's really trying to sort of deal with it at the source. Almost impossible. Right, David? Best thing you can do is protect yourself. Absolutely. Until the world realizes yeah. that we are back to a new Cold War and we need two different internets, one for law-abiding countries and one for the lawless, um, then it's the Wild West and we've got to circle the wagons and protect our own families, businesses and organizations because the federal government ain't doing it. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, good stuff. Thanks as always, David. Appreciate it.